This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Guess what, Mango? What's that, Will? So over the years, we've been to so many good concerts together, also so many bad ones together, but... <laughs> you know, we, we were just telling a friend the other day how we'd actually road trip to see fish in college, right? Yeah, we were at a bar and we were talking to Annie from Food Stuff. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, she's a little bit younger than us. So I'm not sure she's as familiar with some of the bands that were big in the 90s or so. But I think she actually thought we were going to look at fish, like one really pretty striped uh-huh. bass or something <laughs> like that. But She did. I, I think it's because food is always on her mind, just being the host of that show. I didn't think about that. You're probably <laughs> right, because she road trips to see fish as well. But, you know, just thinking back on the list of bands that we've seen, I know we saw Ladysmith, Black Mambazo, George Clinton, uh-huh. The Roots, Moby, so many different shows over the years. But there is one I'm a little disappointed that we haven't seen, and that's the Vienna Vegetable Orchestra. So when I hear a name like that, I feel like it's got to be like the string cheese incident or some sort of like, you know, lesser known jam band. No, is that right? this is not the case at all. I mean, they've been around for about 20 years now, and it's pretty incredible what they do. So the musicians actually go to a farmer's market on the day that they're performing. Then they pick out some vegetables in order to make their instruments out of. Like they'll make trumpets out of zucchini. Then they'll slice up an eggplant in a way that claps together. All of these other oh, wow. just fascinating instruments. And they do this all the day of the concert? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, your veggies have to be fresh when you're making instruments, you know, if you think about it. And, <laughs> sure. And then they take the parts of the veggies that they don't use for instruments and they cook it all into a soup. So this just takes them like two or three hours to make the instruments and they're cooking this whole time. And then they have this really long sound check because as you might imagine, it takes a while to tune an instrument made of vegetables. But then they put on these shows and it's amazing, Mango. Like they cover everything from 
classical music to, of course, craft work. You know, if you got vegetables, you might as well play some craft work. <laughs> yeah, German electronic music. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and the best part is they feed the audience the soup at the end of every concert. So you get the music and the meal, and it just sounds like so much oh. fun. But, you know, hearing about these recorders made from carrots and these cymbals made of green peppers, it it made me think, what are other unusual instruments that we should be keeping an ear out for? And that's what today's Nine Things is all about. So let's dive in. Hey there, podcast listeners. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Mangesh Hatikader. And sitting behind the soundproof glass, trying to turn his rotary telephone into a brass instrument. I believe he calls it a Trump phone. That's our uh, that's our <laughs> friend and producer, Tristan McNeil. What a weirdo. But I have to say, I'm also a little envious that he came up with the Trump phone. But, uh, you know, it's funny that we chose today to talk about weird instruments because I just saw this video online of a guy playing Pachelbel Cannon on a rubber chicken. Did you see this? No. And how does he do that? So I guess he holds it in various places as he squeezes and he figured out how to get different tones out of this rubber chicken. And then he shot himself in like four different videos, like doing each of the musical parts (laughs) and he synced them all up. It is ridiculous, especially like when you consider that this is the song that people like march down the aisle to for weddings and graduations and whatever. It's pretty incredible. (laughs) I kind of want to pause right now and go check this out and then come finish <laughs> recording, but uh, but I'll have to check that out. All right, well, where do you want to start with all of these? Well, how about with the most basic and most annoying of instruments out there, the Vuvuzela? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> if you're a sports fan, I, I'm sure you remember the long plastic buzzing instruments from the South African World Cup where the Vuvuzela showed up and they irritated players and refs and basically anyone who was watching TV. So, of course, FIFA banned them from stadiums, but... As I was looking into it, it turns out the Vuvuzela actually has this murky origin story. Like a number of people claim to have invented it, but the person who gets the most credit is this guy named Freddy Saddam Make, who claims he developed the first one in the 1960s by taking off his bicycle horn and then adding a mouthpiece to it and blowing through it. Mm. And uh, I guess he used it as a signal to like call people over or to get people to meet. It's kind of like an annoying dinner gong or something. But uh, (laughs) over time, it got extended, replicated, and now there are all these weird iterations of it. Like um, Hyundai decided to build the world's largest one. It was 114 feet long, which terrifies me. (laughs) Someone actually took a toy Vuvuzela, bedazzled it with real diamonds and gold dusted it. And then sold it to like a Russian oligarch for $30,000. Oh, wow. Which just feels ridiculous and amazing. But, you know, the the weirdest thing I've read about is that the plastic instruments are actually tuned to be flat, which is funny because to me, you know, they just sound like cacophony. But Vuvuzelas are in B flat. And according to space.com, so is a black hole that's out there. (laughs) These astronauts at NASA at the Chandra X-ray Lab, they figured out that this giant black hole emits a B-flat note that's 58 octaves below middle C. So (laughs) if you played your Vuvuzela and sampled this black hole, it would actually harmonize pretty nicely. Oh, we'll have to to try that out sometime. That's pretty great. (laughs) All right, well, here's an instrument I'd love to visit. And when I say visit, that's because you'd have to go to Croatia and actually on the coast of Croatia. And it's called the C organ. And it was designed by this architect named Nikola Basic, and it's a way to gently welcome people coming to port. And it's actually really beautiful. 
Now, on its surface, it looks like these giant marble steps with grates, but beneath each one is a series of small channels that connect 35 organ pipes. And the way it's designed, each step plays a slightly different musical chord. Now, because this thing is powered by waves and by wind, too, it seems like it could get really annoying, but it actually makes these pretty gentle and kind of random sounds that almost sound like someone is touching the sides of a steel drum or playing the wind chimes. And it actually pairs really nicely with the calming view that's there. Oh, that sounds really lovely. So speaking of unusual instruments that live on the coast, Eve's actually pointed me to the steam whistle, which I guess is technically a whistle or instrument. And I'd never heard the origin story, and it's pretty fascinating. So as you'd guess, lighthouses didn't work that well in super foggy conditions. Like the light didn't always carry. The fog bells, which is, I guess, what they used to use, also didn't work as effective warnings over long distances. So there was this Scottish engineer, his name's Robert Follis, and he was walking home on this foggy night. And as he got closer and closer to his house, he heard his kid playing the piano. And the higher notes were all muffled by the fog, so he couldn't hear any of those, but the low notes all carried in the fog. Mm. And so he goes home, he thinks about this, and he realized, what if you created a whistle that was powered by this superheated steam? And if it made this very low noise, it would actually carry. And the Guardian called it a fog alarm. That's how we thought about it. And so he hooked the thing up to a clockwork valve so it could be set to emit these noises automatically every few minutes. And of course, there's also this manual setting, and that was useful for sending out Morse code when we wanted to do it through sound signals instead of light signals. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about lighthouse whistles being used to send out messages, but I mean, I guess it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So where do you want to go from there? Well, I feel like we've been talking about instruments that are too mellow or beautiful or even safe. So I I think this is why (laughs) it's time to bring up the pyrophone. So I thought this was a lead-in to talk about the cat piano, which I know we've talked about before. (laughs) For those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's a piano where you press the keys and they'd prod a little kitten behind them who would mew in different keys, I guess. I forget. Why was it invented again, though? I think it was invented to cheer up like an Austrian prince or something. (laughs) But uh, I took us off topic. What's a pyrophone? Nice to be an Austrian prince and have that kind of uh, instrument invented for you. All right, well, a pyrophone, you know, when I first read about it, It sounded like an organ for pyromaniacs. Now, it has nicknames like fire organ and explosion organ. So it sounds like a dangerous thing. And especially when you realize it needs propane or gasoline to run. And to make it work, there's a, a certain part of it actually does need to be on fire. But it's actually way safer than that. And essentially, it uses these glass tubes. And when a fire is lit in the tubes, they vibrate to make a sound. I mean, that sounds so much better than like a scale made of tiny explosions, which is kind of (laughs) what I was imagining. So I'm going to talk about the sousaphone, which isn't as weird as something like a taxidermied badger that's been turned into a theremin, which is a real thing that you can buy on YouTube. Yeah, there's some really cool electronic instruments. Like I saw someone on YouTube had created this cabinet where you open all the drawers and they play different notes so that you could actually play a cabinet. How much fun would that be? That's really awesome. I, I've also seen people, um, they wire up books so that if you turn to a certain page, it has a certain frequency so that when you flip through the pages, it plays different notes. It's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But the sousaphone, which I always loved because you know exactly where it came from. It's named for the American band leader, John Philip Sousa. He actually commissioned the instrument. But if you've ever seen a marching band play, you know the sousaphone because it's basically this distinctive tuba-like instrument. It wraps around a player's body and it kind of blares the notes over everyone's heads and projects it pretty far. 
And the way I, I said that makes it sound like it's almost clunky or snake-like, but it's kind of like a more elegant tuba mm. for when you're on the move, I guess. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing it up is that uh, the sousaphone players are basically the cards or jokers of marching bands. And I didn't realize this, but almost anytime there's a skit or some sort of shenanigan, it always seems to involve them. So here's a quick list of things I found collected at one place on Wikipedia. So uh, when the Ohio marching band performs its traditional script Ohio formation, it's the sousaphone that dots the I. Huh. So already like sousaphones have this special place. So here's another thing. At, at USC, the sousaphone players play John Williams Imperial March from Star Wars. They do this anytime they cross the street. They go single file on their way to and from performances on the USC campus. The University of Delaware Fighting Blue Hens do skits. I didn't realize this, but they'll break off from the band and run around the line and uh, do all these skits around the field. <laughs> and Virginia Tech has their sousaphones do the hokey pokey at games where they take their sousaphones out, put them in, shake them all about. <laughs> and basically, it sounds like if you're a kid who's really into joking around, but also into the marching bands, you should really take up the sousaphone. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, actually, because it just sounds fun. All right, so this is a quick one and kind of a gross one. So have you ever seen a Macedonian gadja? Mm -mm, Let me, I, uh, I, I, I was prepared for you to say no. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull up this, uh, this picture for you. Here it is. Is he holding a goat? <laughs> yeah. So a gadja is strange because you actually keep the animal kind of intact. Like the skin becomes the windbag. And sometimes like in this version, they keep the animal's head or hooves attached and these are found oh. all over the region in Greece and Bulgaria, Turkey, Romania. But the sound is a lot like a bagpipe. Like, it's just one that a fan of taxidermy might have around their home, you know? <laughs> Which seems like a particular person who both likes taxidermy and the sound of bagpipes. You know, yeah, you, there, there, there is a, a cross-section of those people out there. <laughs> so we still got two more facts to go, but let's take a little break first. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.
All right, Tamego, I know today's show is all about weird instruments, and you were actually just telling me about this cool show you saw at the Guggenheim. I guess it was this this past summer, right? Yeah, so I'd actually forgotten about this until we started talking today, but uh, there was this exhibit of all these Chinese artists called One Hand Clapping at the Guggenheim, and the art was fascinating. Like, uh, there was a VR uh, thing where... You actually are the basketball and Jeremy Lin is dribbling you around and then shoots you as a three-pointer. It's, it's insane. And you're just sort of like flying through the air and you feel yourself going through the net. It's amazing. Nice. But uh, there were all these incredible installations and things. And the thing that really kind of stuck with me was from this artist named Samson Young. He had this giant mouthpiece that was just put on the wall and he'd molded it for an enormous brass instrument. And if you'd built the rest of that trumpet, I guess it had been like 20 feet long and about eight or nine feet high. And every five minutes or so, there was a concert where he'd created these programs on the computer to model the sounds. So it'd be this like deep, booming reveille for that trumpet that would just like kind of shake the room hmm. or um, he had invented this bugle and wondered what it would sound like if you blew through it at a temperature of uh, 300 degrees Celsius. <laughs> And it was really cool, but it was like a, it was this mix of super fantastical and whimsical instruments that you could never build in real life, but with real sounds generated from computers. It was a really fun to experience. I love the idea that you just be curious, like, I wonder what a bugle sounds like when you blow through it at a temperature of 300 degrees. Like, that's just such a <laughs> weird thing. I think he went to MIT or something. He's, he's definitely got this scientific mind as well. That's pretty cool. Uh -huh. I'm curious, though, like, was the music any good? I mean, I, I wouldn't say good so much as interesting, but uh, but it was definitely worth visiting. Hmm. Anyway, uh, where, where do you want to finish this off? Well, speaking of interesting and theoretically possible, but also hard to pull off, I feel like we should talk about the Helicopter String Quartet. Now, this was written by Karl-Heinz Stockhausen, and it's got this weird story behind it. So apparently Stockhausen got this commission for a string quartet, and he wasn't that interested in it. But then he had this crazy dream where he was at a party and someone snubbed him. And he was so mad that he flew away and beneath him were these four helicopters that each carried a member of a string quartet and they were all playing together. So then <laughs> he has this follow-up dream, of course, where he wanted to add bees to it. And I don't know if the bees ever make it in the real performance, but he liked that extra buzzing they added to the helicopter rotors, I think. Sure. Of course, you know, this is how you dream when you're a brilliant composer. But the piece he finally wrote is this elaborate and very expensive to perform thing. But basically, it starts out in a music hall with four pillars. And for some reason, you need the pillars. And then the members walk into four helicopters and take off and circle a radius of six kilometers around the hall. And this is all televised down to the audience. Now, also, every helicopter needs a sound technician in it so that the sounds of the choppers are blended with the sounds of the quartet. And I know this all sounds very confusing, and it is <laughs> it very, very confusing, but it's also <laughs> fantastic. And the gist of it is, if you're writing a composition and you don't have helicopters in it, you're probably just not thinking big enough, you know, Mango? <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I, I feel like it is a good way to get people into classical music, though, right? Like, if you're into helicopters, you should be into music like this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because you did a composition, I, I think I'm going to end mine with a weird composition as well. And, and this one's by John Cage, who composed 433, which is that composition of total silence, and it's performed at a piano with no sound. 
you know, that was a response to Muzak. The story is actually fascinating. People should look it up. But I, I wanted to talk about a different song he wrote. And this one's called As Slow As Possible. And while it's meant to be played slowly, there's really no specification on just how slow it should go. So the slowest current performance of this started in 2001 at this old church in Germany. And it's supposed to end in 2640. <laughs> so it's actually going to take 639 years to perform. And if you visit the church, you'll actually have to wait a few months before a chord even changes. Wow. So, you know, it's momentous when it does and people are excited when that happens. But apparently the reason they chose that length of 639 years is partially because that's about the lifespan they could hope for for a newly refurbished organ. <laughs> and uh, the <laughs> instrument might break down after that point. Wow. But, you know, if that was the case, they might actually have tried to drag it out for longer. That's pretty great. Well, you know, I like the fact that you've given us something to look forward to over the next 639 years. You know, we can <laughs> check in on it every year, see how it's going. So, um, so you know what? I, I think I'm going to give you today's Fact Off trophy. Congratulations. That sounds great. Thank you so much. And thanks, as always, to Eve Jeffcoat for her brilliant research. And thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with a full-length episode tomorrow. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.